Father, our desire this morning is that you would use us and uh, that your power would fall upon us, rain down upon us, and, um, and strengthen us to do your will. And we pray this morning, Father, as we look into your word, that our hearts would be encouraged and refreshed. And we thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, and good morning to you. We're uh, continuing on our series of intervention, Time to Get Healthy, and today we're talking about a healthy body. And um, I was just thinking about the, over the years, I'm 40, how old am I? 46. (laughs) Gloria, am I 46? (laughs) I keep thinking I'm 47. Um. I think of the the health fads that have come down the pike over the years. I remember my. Um, do you remember when 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 they started advertising gym equipment on TV? Anybody remember that when they started doing that? It was the it was the the mini gym. Do anybody remember the mini gym? It was uh, yellow cords and pulleys, and what you do is you you connect it to um, to a doorknob. <laughs> And then you uh, you get on the on your back and in your way your hands and your legs go and um, I I don't think it did any I think it loosened you up but I don't think it actually had any sort of uh, uh, any value for your body I remember my parents having it and I remember them uh, I remember when it came in the mail and them setting it up and uh, I don't think we ever in all of our family history ever had so much laughing in our house. As we did when we watched my mom and dad get on that, on their mini gyms and get to it. And of course, uh, like all gym equipment, uh, it, it was put in the closet never to be seen again. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, uh, of course that didn't work, so then, uh, uh, the twister came on. Anybody remember the twister? It looked like a bathroom scale. And maybe the reason it was so attractive is that it didn't tell you how much you weighed. I don't know. <laughs> the people get on there and then they start uh, twisting their hips in bedrock, twist, twist. Um, and there's been other things. Though. There's, uh, there's. Uh, uh, when when Gore and I came home from from Greece, one of the things that we didn't have was money or, or things. <laughs> and so we used to go into um, Value Village quite often to try to find what we needed. And one of the things that we found uh, uh, in great supply were uh, treadmills and exercise bikes. And um, and there's special equipment that you can use for doing sit-ups. Anybody seen those? You put it under your backside, and it's supposed to help you do sit-ups. So um, I don't know if there's actually any value to these things. Apparently not, because they're all over at Value Village. <laughs> and you can get them for pretty cheap. Um People always want to get into shape. They recognize how important it is and how good they feel when their body's in top, uh, top shape. And uh, we have a hard time staying in shape. And I think probably the reason why we have a hard time staying in shape is because we fail to understand the importance of being in shape. You say, well, Pastor, I know that if I'm in good shape, I'm going to live long. Well, guess what? Statistics prove that that is not motivation enough for people to stay in shape. Did you know that? 
There's got to be something more, something greater, something grander. It's not enough to say you should exercise so that uh, you can live longer. People, people don't buy that. Or if they, they believe it here, they don't believe it in their hearts. And so, therefore, they don't do it. They don't practice that. But the fact of the matter is, is that we've all, all, at one time or another, I think, we've all tried to get into shape. We've all tried to be in good shape. Health is a hot topic in Christian circles these days. And I think the reason is, is because uh, we've got a whole generation now who uh, who is starting to to um, to hit uh, senior citizens' age. Um, I was going to say old, but that's not really the right word to use, is it, Stan? I'll get in trouble if I say you're getting old. Uh, we're, we're, we're becoming 55 plus. <laughs> um, and uh, we, 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 we're getting older. There's, the baby boomers are, are, are coming to the place of retirement, and they now want to live a little bit longer and enjoy their retirement. And so... Uh, we're seeing just a whole glut of new health books on the on the um, on the market these days, and, and and in Christian circles too, by the way. You know that there were 12, 12 new books on health that uh, that the bookstore was offering. Twelve, twelve of them. I mean, you'd think that one good book on health would do the trick, wouldn't you? But there's twelve different ones that help you get into good shape. Now, Mark Twain, has anybody heard of Mark Twain? Lived a little over, I guess a little over 100 years ago. He had a rather uh, cynical view of being healthy. This is what he said. He said, the only way to keep your health is to eat what you don't want, drink what you don't like, and do what you'd rather not do. <laughs> That's his, that was his view of good health. Well, I was trying to think of a, a, a picture that would best summarize uh, the the condition the health condition in North America today and so this is what I came up with. Now are you getting hungry? For a special donation today of only one hundred dollars, we can no. Uh, Jesus Jesus says this. He said, "It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick." And I want you to know today, folks, that the beginning of good health for you physically is not another book. It's Jesus. Can I say that again? The, the antidote or the answer to your good health is not another book. It's not a rah-rah section, a, a session. It's not me telling you that, that uh, you can do it. And if you just get your mini gym, you can get into shape and you can get, you can get your old figure back. If we can find it. <laughs> what you need is Jesus. Because it's, it's Dr. Jesus that understands our problem. And our problem is, folks, that we are prone to do what we shouldn't ought to do. How many know that today? That is the ailment. I thought a picture was worth a thousand words. In this case, it's worth a thousand calories. <laughs> but <laughs> how many of us wouldn't rather have that than... Uh, than a, a salad at Wendy's. <laughs> Take that any day of the week. But it's not good for me. Now, isn't it interesting that we, we all will, will choose what's not good for us over what is good for us? Why is that? How can that be? 
I told you about my dad last week, and I'm going to try to get into as many stories about my dad as I can before he comes back. Because <laughs> once he's back, I can't say anything more about him. Uh, he's funny, you know. He's got diabetes, and yet he'll eat the cheesecake, and he'll eat the, the sweets and the things he should not eat. And uh, before any of you gets too wise, um, like father, like son. I know some of you were thinking that, weren't you? We do. We all do. We all eat what we shouldn't eat. We all do what is not good for us. And why is that? It's because, folks, of the sin nature. It's because of the nature we inherited from our parents, Adam and Eve. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about what the Bible says about your body. Now, I want to say this. There's some people back in the Apostle Paul's day who believed that the body was evil, that it was not a good thing, that the the best thing for any human being was to be able to shed his body once and for all, that the most important thing was the spirit and the body was evil. I want to tell you something today. That is not the view of the Scriptures. And if you think today that what you do to your body is not important, then you do not know what the Bible says. The Bible is very clear about how important your body is. But before we go any further, I have a video clip I'd like us to see. And this is um, um, a video clip done by a fellow who all of a sudden became mysteriously ill. He was uh, a very healthy young man. He was uh, in all kinds of athletics. He was a singer. He was uh, uh, He had it all. And then all of a sudden he got sick. And he uh, developed a condition called Crohn's disease, and he dropped down to 104 pounds. And it was during that time that God began to really deal with him about his health. So let's take a look at that video clip, shall we? Are you ready, Scott? That sounded sick. (laughs) Thank you, Scotty. Your body is not evil. Look what it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19a. Do you not know that your body is a temple? Let's read it together. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Stop there, please. The first thing you need to understand is that your body was created as a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body was created so that God could dwell in you and dwell in you richly. Your body is not evil. 
And I want you to know that when you look in the mirror after you've had a shower and you think, boy, that's an evil body, <laughs> you've got to change your thinking here. Because that body belongs to God. And it's what you have on this earth. And God wants to be glorified through your body. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. When I was growing up, uh, that was not the prevailing view that I heard. I heard my grandmother say, I'd rather, I'd rather burn out than rust out. Has anybody ever heard that expression? In other words, I'd rather use my body up, run it into the ground, than just sit around doing nothing. And it's interesting that you got either one extreme or the other extreme. But how many know that God is calling us to a balanced living, balanced lifestyle? How many know that extremes are not of God? I had a Bible college professor that told me this. Uh, she said that any, any idea, any thought, any teaching taken to an extreme becomes heresy. And so the fact of the matter is, is that we, we're, we're not, uh, we're not to, to, to rust out, sit around doing nothing, but neither are we to run ourselves into the ground, burn our bodies out. That was kind of the model that was, that was set for me. But I want you to know something today. A healthy body. Do you just want to flick it to the next uh, slide there, please? Thanks. Um, a healthy body is essential. Listen to this. A healthy body is essential for the fullness of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. Can I say that again? A healthy body is essential for the fullness of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. In other words, an unhealthy body will have an effect on your spiritual life. Did you know that? When your body is unhealthy, it affects you spiritually. It affects your emotions. It affects how you feel in your heart. When I was in England at a pastor's conference, they had a doctor speak to us. I thought, what on earth do they have a doctor speaking to a bunch of pastors for? What is he going to tell us theologically? Well, I want to tell you, after all the years I've gone to that conference, that was the best session I ever heard. And this is what he said. He said, pastors, if you're going to be effective as pastors, then you're going to have to be healthy. And he gave us some really great hints and some good ideas. And uh, But one of the things that stuck with me is what he called the pastor's disease. And I thought, well, I didn't know there was a disease named after pastors. <laughs> and here it is. It's, 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 a sinus, it's a sinus condition. This is a common condition amongst pastors. Interestingly, coincidentally, uh, just, uh, just about a week ago, I came down with a sinus problem. And Gloria said, man, Alan, you seem so down. And she said, do you remember that one of the, one of the causes or one of the symptoms of a sinus condition is a feelings of depression? I said, oh yeah, that's what they said at the pastor's conference, the pastor's disease. And I want to tell you something. I had no reason to feel depressed. But the reason I felt depressed was because my body was depressed. And it affected my spirit. And I want to tell you something. When your body is not in the condition that it needs to be, it makes you feel, it can make you feel depressed. It can give you feelings of hopelessness, give you feelings of despair, make you feel defeated. It can make you feel that life is, life is not worth living. And many people do feel like that. And it's because, possibly because their, their body is not in the condition it needs to be. 
Now, the temptation is to look around at people who are overweight and think that they're the only ones in poor health. Come on, isn't that what you think? You think you, you you look at somebody who's a little bit overweight, and you think, well, they're the only ones that are overweight or the only ones that are in poor health. But I want to remind you of something this morning: the bathroom scale is not the only indicator of a person's physical health. How many know that today? There are other indicators, such as blood pressure. You can be a, a nice, skinny, good physique, being look, look like you're in great shape, but you could be that close to a heart attack because your blood pressure is out of whack. There's blood analysis that will tell you whether you're, what your cholesterol level is, whether it's too high, whether it's too low, whether you've got toxins or diseases in your body. There's ways to measure stress in your body that will tell you where you're at. On the, on the surface, you may look good, but inside, you're, you're ready to blow up. You're ready to lose it. Your sleep patterns will determine your health. Pain in your body, and you can't, you can't figure out where it's coming from. Not to mention the myriad symptoms of, that flag poor health, like joint uh, deformity or hair loss or skin color uh, changes or lumps or bumps. You know what I'm talking about. But here's the thing. Your body has been created to house the very Holy Spirit of God. And if your body is not in the condition it needs to be in, then the Holy Spirit can't do His work or have His way in your life as He would like to. And so this is why the Apostle Paul says to the Corinthians, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have received from God? And so what I want to say to you today is this. And this is something I want, by the way, I want to say that I am working on in my own life. I see 50 coming around the corner and I'm thinking to myself, man, if I am not, if I'm not ready to face 50, then I'm going to be in big trouble when I get past 50. And so here's what I, here's what I am working on right now. Here's what God has shown to me in my time of, of prayer. First of all, the, the necessity of a Sabbath rest. Everybody needs a Sabbath rest. It's interesting. One of the other things my grandmother used to say is, the better the day, the better the deed. So in other words, uh, don't stop working. Just keep going. And, this, and whatever you do on the Sabbath day is, is, is that much better. In the Ten Commandments, we find that one of those commandments is that we are to keep a Sabbath rest. Now, can I just remind everybody something? This is really important. That you, you've got to get this. Otherwise, you won't understand. God's purposes. Jesus said that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. God gave us this, this law, this rule, this principle so that we could be healthy. Show me somebody who's burnt out and I'll show you somebody who's probably not having a Sabbath rest. Show me somebody who's not having a Sabbath rest and I'll show you somebody who is not experiencing the fullness of the Holy Spirit at work in their life. It is absolutely essential that you get a Sabbath rest. That somewhere along the line, you have time to stop and take it easy and hear the voice, and hear the voice of God to stop from your rest. Now it's interesting, of all the, of all the Ten Commandments, that's the one we take the most lightly. Now last time I checked, 
I don't remember. I don't remember any of the Ten Commandments being canceled. Does anybody remember any of the Ten Commandments being canceled? Once Jesus came along, did he say, I now declare that there are now nine commandments. I just canceled one out. No. Now, I would say to you today, we have the Seventh-day Adventists say, you've got to have your Sabbath rest on a Saturday. Listen, I don't care what day you have your Sabbath rest on, because remember, Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. What's important, though, is that you do have a rest. Did you give yourself a chance to recharge? Did you have a chance to wind down so that you can hear the voice of God and so that the Spirit of God can have His work in your life? The healthiest people are the people that have Sabbath rest. I'll, I'll leave that for now because I'd like to do a whole, a whole um, series on that. The second thing I want to point out to you is that you need to have a checkup. I can hear my, my wife when I get home from church today, what she's going to be saying. Because she's been after me to get a checkup. I want to make a commitment to you. I will be making a, an appointment for a checkup. In fact, by next Sunday, I'll be able to give you the date. And everybody remind me. <laughs> that was spooky. <laughs> the third thing you want to do. <laughs> All right. This was not a setup, by the way. <laughs> but it is very embarrassing. Who phones a pastor on Sunday morning? <laughs> it must be God. Okay. The third thing, the third thing is you need to get some exercise. You need to get exercise. And by the way, My next Sunday, ask me how that's going. The fourth thing is that you need to eat right. Four things. Now, I know some of you are sitting, standing, sitting there this morning thinking, who does he think he is? Look, and he's not the picture of health, and he's going to lecture us on health. Well, I'll give you, I've got an answer for that, but just wait. The second thing I want to point out to you this morning, this is God's will for your life, that you have a healthy body, that you have a useful body. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19b and 20, it says this. You are, let's read it together. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. What price were you purchased with? What was the cost? Are we sure here? <laughs> Jesus purchased you, didn't he? When he went to the cross, he purchased you. You belong to him now. Now, if you belong to him, then first of all, because he bought you at a price, you can call him your savior, can't you? But can I, I got news for you. He's not just your savior. Who, who else is he? He's your Lord, isn't he? And this is where so many people, uh, in North America especially, this is where so many, so many people, they, their, their Christianity falls short because they think, oh, I've accepted Jesus as my Savior. But what they haven't done is they haven't accepted Him as their Lord. Now you've heard me say that. If you're going to call Jesus Savior, you've got to call Him Lord as well. Because that is who He is. If you're going to accept Christ, you've got to get the whole meal deal, not just half of it. 
And so if, in fact, Jesus is your Lord, then this means that your job is to find out what your Lord wants you to do. Suddenly, folks, you understand that you don't do whatever you want to do. You do what your Lord wants you to do. This is what it means. This is the definition of discipleship. This is what it means to be a follower of Christ. That you accept Him as your Savior, and then you do what you what He wants you to do. And so, how many know today that God wants you to be useful? He's got work for you to do. If you look up the word health in the dictionary, the definition is this. The absence of disease or ailment. But if you go to the scriptures and, and look up the, the definition of health, you'll find it means this, to function optimally at peak proficiency with an ability to perform as God has intended. So I don't know if you realize this today, but every person here today has got a job to do in the church. Did you know that? You say, Pastor, I don't know. I never heard that before. Where's... Yeah, you've got a job. To... If you're a Christian, you're part of the body. If you don't believe me, read read the uh, First Corinthians. Paul talks all about the body. First Corinthians chapter twelve. You'll find out that you have a part to play, and God requires that you be useful in His kingdom. That God requires that you be useful in His body. That you do what He wants you to do. Now, having said that, if you're going to have a useful body, then you have to be a good steward of that body. Because God intends that your body be used for His purposes, not for your purposes. Now, just stop. I mean, this, this is very simple truth. It's, there's nothing earth-shattering about this. But here's, here's the thing. It becomes earth-shattering when you stop and apply it to your life. See, I can tell you today that God wants to use you for His purposes. You say, yeah, yeah, I believe that. But if you're not practicing it, then you don't really believe it. We had a class 101 right here yesterday, and we, we had this little discussion. What does it mean to believe, that you believe something? When you believe something, you do that thing. So if I said to everybody, do you, do you all believe in feeding, feeding the poor or feeding the hungry? And everybody said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then I asked the next question. So how many are actively engaged in feeding the poor? Nobody. Does that mean I had 10 hypocrites sitting here yesterday? No, they're not hypocrites at all. But they're just like the rest of us. We say we believe something, but our practice, what we do, is is a thing that, that, that tells the truth about us. And so I asked you the question this morning, are you are you being used by God for his purposes? Listen to what Paul says to the Romans. He says, therefore, I urge you, let's read it together. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now, isn't that something? You thought that you could worship God simply by coming to church on Sunday and singing a few songs, raising your hands, feeling a little bit emotional. You go home and I've done my worship. No! My Bible tells me very clearly that if you're going to really worship God, then you need to offer your body as a living sacrifice. You need to offer your body up to be used by God. And so the question is this, is how are you involved in the church today? Well, I mean, not this very day, but these days. How are you being used? Are you using your gifts for the glory of God? Because that's exactly what God wants to do. 
We had 10 people in class 101 yesterday morning. We got another, we got a waiting list of a lot more to come yet. And becoming members, we, we made it very clear that if you're going to become a member, we expect you to get involved. We expect you to serve. We expect you to use your body for God's glory and honor. God wants to use you. Andy Stanley, pastor of a church in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, he's got, uh, I don't know how many thousands and thousands and thousands of people, built two, new, two more churches uh, about 20 miles away to the north and 20 miles to the south, uh, thousands of people. And this is what his rule is. If you want to be a member at his church, you have to be involved in something. You cannot be a member in his church unless you're involved. Why is that? I'll tell you why. Because if you're a member of the body of Christ, then you need to be functioning. And if you're not functioning, then you're not really acting as a member. Last Sunday, poor Lindsay came to me crying. Something's not right in her body. We prayed for her. Then I got a call yesterday saying that she's going in and her gallbladder is going to be removed because it's not functioning properly. If it's not useful, if it's hurting, then it's not a true member of the body. And I'm going to tell you something today. God requires each and every one of us to get involved and to use the gifts that he's given to us. And so I need people to sign up. But here's a problem. People don't sign up because they're too sick, too tired, too burned out. Or listen to this, are too busy, listen, too busy using their body for other purposes. God wants you to use your body for his purposes. Because that's your spiritual act of worship. There's all kinds of places and ways that you can get involved in this church. And you don't, please, don't say, you know, I'll, I'll get involved as soon as come, someone comes and asks me. Pastor, if you, if you'll personally ask me, then I'll get involved. Please don't, don't, that, that's your responsibility to sign up and get involved. And I'm going to tell you something. Your body is not your own. You were bought at a price. And Jesus requires that you honor God with your body. Let me say this to you in conclusion. Jesus says this, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Would anybody say amen to that? <laughs> we all know that, don't we? But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you know, I have, I have, I have not really, and, and, and you know, I guess it's, a, it's pretty much the way it is with all young people. You don't pay any attention to your body. You eat whatever you want. You do whatever you want. You, you deprive yourself of sleep, and you don't think anything of it until one day it catches up to you. And all the older people said, you know what I'm talking about. At some point in your, in your life, you're going to have to start watching and start praying so that your body will be useful to God. You need to pay attention to your health. Watch. And secondly, you need to pray for your body. Have you ever prayed for your body? You pray for other people's bodies, maybe. Maybe look at your, in the morning and yourself in the morning and, oh, Lord, <laughs> help us. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God. Grant to me health so that I can be useful to you. Grant to me health so I can be a good father. Grant to me good health so I can be a, a good father, good mother, good husband, good wife. Pray for your body. God, help me to take good care of my body. 
I told you that um, that this past summer, feeling burnt out, worn out, tired, not feeling myself at all, I recognized through waiting on waiting on the Lord in prayer that I needed to take take a rest. I needed to have some Sundays off. Some wondered what was the matter, what was going on, and uh, that's all it was. Nothing earth shattering. But I knew I knew that God needed to do a work in my life if he was going to do a work in the life of the church. And I knew that we needed to lead this church into good health. Good health physically, good health spiritually, good health mentally, emotionally, in every way. I, had some, I have some very good friends who very patient with me and who can speak very bluntly, very plainly to me, although sometimes my reaction's not what it ought to be. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Not about me, about yourself, I mean. You don't always want to hear the truth about yourself because it hurts. But I came to the place where I recognized that uh, I, I can't do what I used to do. I don't have the strength that I used to, I used to have. I used to be able to... I could be a full-time pastor and then build a church and I could do all of that, be a father and can't do that anymore. What God wants is he wants each of us to be in good health. Now, I have to tell you, this, this sermon here about healthy body is probably one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult sermon I've ever preached because... As I'm preaching it, I know that some people are thinking, who is he to be preaching that sermon? He is not exactly the picture of health. It's like going to the doctor, and then after you're done, you see him go back for a smoke. You know, it just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't add up. And I'm not saying I smoke, by the way. But there's definitely this thing about credibility and about speaking with authority. But I want you to know that as your pastor, I am personally committed to, to good health. Mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And I guess because I'm on this journey, I thought maybe there might be one or two others that could join me on that journey. Would anybody say amen to that? We will be most productive when we are healthy. I'm making a commitment to you as a pastor and as your brother in Christ that I'm committed to, to good health. And I want to see that for you as well. I want to see you healthy. I want to see you emotionally healthy. I want to see you physically healthy. I want to see you spiritually healthy. And guess what I'm going to ask you to do? I'm going to ask you to pray for me, even as I pray for you. That we would be the healthiest church in Winnipeg. That we would bring glory to God through our healthy bodies, our healthy minds, our healthy spirit. Would you say amen to that? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me, please. Father, as I come to you now, I come uh, 
as one who needs your grace and needs your strength. I knew that when in the summertime when we were organizing our series that I would have to give this message on a healthy body and it's been the the message I've uh, I've had the most difficulty dealing with because I know of my own need. I pray, Lord, today that my brothers and sisters would not dismiss this word because of the messenger, but God, that they would embrace this message because it's your word, it's your truth that sets us free. God, help us, we pray, to be a true body that prays for one another, that loves each other, that encourages each other, that supports one another. Help us, Lord, to challenge each other, to hold each other accountable, God, so that we would be the healthy people that you've called us to be. Lord, thank you this morning that you do not condemn us, but you love us and you lovingly, lovingly lead us in the way that we ought to go. God, what a great and merciful and loving Father you are. How good you are to your children. And so we commit ourselves to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.